Hey there, friends. It's Nick. Okay, I'm going to tell you about a moment three days ago where I literally, like, literally jumped with joy. But first, I'm going to talk about Iron Man, the movie Iron Man, which in 2008, so we're talking quite a wee while ago now, helmed by Jon Favreau, this superhero spy movie exploded into cinemas and sort of lit the fuse in every sense on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And the question, the thing I want to get to is how, because with the exception of a couple of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, the whole genre, the whole superhero genre had been, let's be kind and call it patchy in, in the cinema. But Favreau, he represented a different approach, right? First of all, he wasn't just a director for hire. He was a fan. He was a fan of the Iron Man comic book. He worked for Marvel, not just for a studio that had options and character rights. In fact, it was really as a direct result of Marvel's decision in 2005, because I think they got fed up with, with optioning their rights off to studios that made crap movies, didn't make any money particularly, and didn't do the brand much good either. So they had decided, even though Spider-Man was still with someone else, I think the X-Men were still with someone else, but they decided to do their own work with their own characters, right? So Iron Man is the first one of these movies where it's really about Marvel being in control. And Favreau was on board with that, right? You know, he was a fan. Like I say, he didn't just come up with something. He knew the character. He consulted with legendary comic book writers. He created jokes and inside sort of Easter eggs and what have you. He even polled fans, and I remember this because I voted. He polled fans for who should play Pepper Potts, who's Tony Stark's kind of sidekick um, in the movie. It, the, the role eventually went to Gwyneth Paltrow, although I voted correctly for Jewel State, who was played Keely in Firefly, if you remember that brilliant show. She would have killed it, by the way. So... Let's leave that aside for a second and go back to me jumping for joy three days ago. I was playing, <laughs> I was playing Cyberpunk 2077 on the PlayStation and I was out there. Cyberpunk is a dark universe, kind of future universe, um, dystopian kind of game based on a role-playing game that I owned back in the eighties, I think. So either, yeah, it must've been the eighties. Yeah. Um, and I was, there I was, I was running around, I was fighting a rogue AI, you know, just a normal Wednesday, really. And, um, and then it spoke, this AI spoke to me and it spoke in the voice of an angel. Well, actually, yeah, it wasn't actually an angel. It was the sing-song voice of GLaDOS, who's the psychopathic and hilarious antagonist from the Portal game, which was 2007, and the Portal 2 game, which was 2011. And there was this voice talking about cake. Now, this probably won't mean anything to you, but if you know what I'm talking about, you maybe you can imagine that moment of pure surprise and recognition and joy I felt when I heard this iconic voice. GLaDOS is one of the all-time best antagonists in any game ever. And for her to appear, albeit very briefly in this cyberpunk 2077 game well it just it just it blew my mind in the best way and the reason i'm telling you this is because the creators of that game and john favreau 
they share this obvious secret to great storytelling. And it's, it is obvious, but it's also something that, that most people, most of us, I mean, I'm guilty of it. In fact, oh, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll do a bit, we'll get a bit meta in a minute. They know their audience. They care about their audience deeply and they play, they, they target, they play to their audience. And this is so powerful. And it, do you know what? It's what I'm doing today. In, in a way, it's what I'm doing today. I'm talking about my game playing. I'm talking about uh, games from, you know, over 10 years ago. You know, I'm letting my geek out. I'm so, <laughs> I mean, I've celebrated my geek before on this podcast, obviously, but, but that's, that's the point. They are the, those two properties and the, the stories that are successful, the business stories that are successful, they know their audience. They're not trying to talk to everyone. Yeah, they are focused, you know, and we talk in business about, um, avatars and, and what have you, the kind of the people we're targeting your offer at, but very often, and we've gone on about niching before on this podcast, and I've struggled with niching what I do, but I've been having this really com interesting conversation this week. Uh, this is just an aside now, isn't it? It's a Sunday episode. Uh, we'll just sit back and drink some coffee and chat. I've been having this really interesting aside this week. Um, where one of my, or two of my mentors really have been pushing me on this niching thing and trying to find the, the intersection of business and storytelling and what, what's the other thing. And I've had a really exciting breakthrough. I think it is about doing more of celebrating my geekiness because you've heard me talk about games. You've heard me talk about fantasy and science fiction and, and cult TV shows like Breaking Bad. I was talking about that was like last week. And this is my stuff. This is the person I am, right? This is the, the person I am when I'm not pretending to be a serious, <laughs> a serious writer. And the question is, can I, can I intersect those things? Because I know that there are people out there like me, people who are building businesses who love the Marvel universe. They love the TV show. They play games, even though they're 52 years old or whatever it is. And because of that, I know that they love stories. They know that life's a game. They know that life's also a story. And maybe that's a way that I can talk more to my audience. So as ever, life is a work in progress. Story is a work in progress, but the, the point stands, you know, whoever you are speaking to, if you know them, you can talk to them in a way that engages them. And this is the obvious secret of business storytelling is it's why we start with audience and uh, a specific audience at that. That's how you make sure that your story means business. Thanks for listening. Can you hear the excitement in my voice? It's, I've been writing this thing for, for my 30 day posts and it was so easy because I just let the geek out. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, thanks for listening. If you want to dig deeper into stuff that I do, search online and find some more geeky stuff when you search for story.business. Bye now.